0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, November 10, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot going on on the chart. What we're going to do is go over all the stuff on the chart that's important. We're going to go over the different candles that are found on the chart now. The one from yesterday the one from today. We're going to decipher all these things, including the prices, whether we're above or below them. And what that's going to do is help us to construct the puzzle. The puzzle is going to give us the storyline of what the next likely scenario is going forward. Let's take it from the top and review the important numbers and we'll go all the way down to just short of today's low. We have yesterday's high. The market broke out to new highs And then it failed. It's actually a failed breakout. If that changes at some point in the future, it won't be a failed breakout. But at present, we take the market at face value and it is, in fact, a failed breakout. So they broke out to new highs and the high of yesterday happens to be 364.38. That's a line in the sand. We need to know that number. Jot it down. Why is that, by the way? Because the candle from yesterday is a big fat, Breakdown candle. Well, guess what? If price decides to get up into that breakdown candle, what will they want to do? Well, ultimately, not necessarily all in one shot, but ultimately they'll want to work their way up towards the top of the breakdown candle. Therefore, we need to know about the top of this breakdown candle. Now, maybe we need to know about it tomorrow or sometime next week. Maybe we need to know about it into the future a little bit. Maybe we don't need to know about it at all. It's something that we need to know, it's an awareness, it's part of the technical analysis, period, full stop. The next number we need to know about, and that came into view yesterday, was 358.75. 35875 represents the high from a former high made on the second of September. We talked about that number and that time frame at length. Remember, the market rallied up into early September, came down. The question is, do we make new highs? Is it a truncated high? Then we make new lows from wherever it was. It doesn't matter into the future. Remember that whole story? The story didn't change. It's just going to take time. Time is more important than price. That former high at 358.75 is another line in the sand. We need to know about it. Jot it down. How about another number? Well, let's check out today's close 354.04. Are there any accidents or coincidences? No, there aren't. You'll notice another number put on the screen. It's at 354.02. That's the high made on the 12th of October. And guess what? Also, obviously, another important price. And it's not me telling you that's important. It's not somebody else telling me to tell you that's something important. What it is, is it's the market telling us it's important by virtue of something very simple. The market rallied up to that exact number and then it sold off. That's the market's way of telling us that number's important. It created a pivot top. Where the market closed today? 35404. No accidents nor coincidences just the way things work the next number down below is 35016. that's the daily chart gap left open from last week that number that general zone is also going to come into view when we review inside the numbers there was a trade down in that area this morning and as you can see from today's low that happened to be the vicinity not quite the exact number but the vicinity of today's low nice trade What else we got on the chart that's extremely important? How about Friday's low? Friday's low comes in at 347.65. Close hourly below Friday's low and daily below Friday's low, and what happens? What happens is it opens the door for the gap from a couple of days prior where that gap would be filled at 343.54. All of a sudden, if price was found down in that general zone, You're in the neighborhood of some moving averages. So under normal garden variety market conditions, there would be support in that general zone. By the way, it's not just the moving averages. It's not just the gap. There's other things in that zone that becomes a full stack if reached sooner than later without eating time off the clock by hovering above. 340, 342 in that general zone would be support if reached sooner than later. Sooner than later doesn't necessarily have to be the following day. Sooner than later could be a couple of days from now, it could be by the end of the week, anything past that, and we would probably have to reassess where price was, where it's been, and what it was doing. Some of the stuff on the daily chart corresponds with inside the numbers. So what we'll do is shift our attention to inside the numbers, and then we'll toggle back and forth with the chart. There wasn't any real revelations when you woke up in the morning, the market was up, it was down overnight, it was nearing the flatline, there was nothing really going on of substance. So what do we do? We move it along. How about the early thoughts? Now, pay attention because this will come into play later on after the regular session opens. They almost filled the gap open from Friday. Close, but no cigar. A point point two five away. Remember that low of day we just discussed? That's in the same general zone. We're talking about that number way before the market even opens for business. These are awareness things. These are game preparedness things. This is how we show up in uniform, ready to go. We have stuff up north. How about ES3555? May I turn your attention over to the chart? 3555 was something also given out long before the market opened for business. Look what happened. Here, and this is already at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the market is at 3552.50. It doesn't get to 3555. It is resistance, but we knew about that number early in the morning, long before price got there. When you know your numbers, you give yourself an advantage before the day even gets underway. We've also got the areas down south using the ES numbers. This is the futures contract 3520. And 3500 that was also in the zone. You'll see that when we get to the SPY numbers. We're moving along. About before the opening bell still, a number we need to know. 35454 is the gap left open from yesterday. Under normal garden variety conditions, it would both attract the market to run a test and be overhead resistance. The red line in the middle is 354.54, and right of the vertical is today's activity. How you doing? 354.54, give or take a few pennies, was in fact resistance to the market. Once again, how do you like Dem Apples? Before the opening bell, 9.25. The other side of the northern gap is SPY 350.92 down to 350 back to the chart, you flip it around, the green line is now at 350.92, down to 350, and guess what? That was your buy zone, guess what? That was the low of day, how you doing? All that was provided before the opening bell. So what we'll do now is, I'll run through the notes. You can read the notes, double check the work, pause the video, go back to the charts, check out whether I was right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm gonna scroll up, let you read the rest of the notes, then what we'll do is come back to check out inside the numbers. And by the way, more stuff that you can benefit from during the trading day. How about the 1037 post? Here's where a picture is worth a bunch of words, like a 1,000. Isn't the market heading to run a test of a former breakout area? Now look at this chart, and I know it's small, but just understand this for a second. So the market spent two days. This is a 120-minute chart. The market spent two days eating time off the clock after its most previous gap higher. So therefore, once the market gapped up again and now is coming back down south, what's it doing? It's coming back to run a test of a former breakout area. Now, I know you've only heard that about maybe a 1,000, maybe 1,500 times, give or take. But here's the way you have to look at it. That's the way I have to look at it. That's the way I do look at it. But here's the other side of that. How many traders see all those candles pointed down, think the market's going to keep going, and can't bring themselves to step into the market and put on risk where they should, where everybody else is running for the hills, hiding under their desk? The market does everything with purpose. It was headed to run a test of a destination. How many times do you think the market is going to blow through an area like this where it spent two days eating time off the clock, just came back down presumably to run a test. How many times out of 10, better yet, how many times out of a 100 do you think the market is just gonna blow through there like a hot knife through butter? And I got news for you, not a lot. It'll happen, things get haywire, there's some kind of event going on and the market gets wild and wooly. We get that. In real time, you would step aside. Maybe in real time, you would be short the market in that environment. Either way, that's not the point. Under normal garden variety conditions using the 80-20 rule, the majority of the time, the market is going to find support at an area like this, period, full stop. Doesn't matter what the news is. Doesn't matter how long it takes. Sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes it takes a few hours. Sometimes it takes a day. But under normal garden variety conditions, that's what's going to happen. Moving right along. Again, read the notes, pause the video, the whole nine yards. All the numbers are good. All I want you to do is double check the work. There are some trades in here. There are some good numbers given. There are some good things given. There are some things taught in here throughout the trading day. This is an environment A, you can learn, B, you can make money, not necessarily in that order. How about stocks on the move? Let's take a look at the good, the bad, and the fugly. J.D., F.S.L.R., Real, and TTCF were the ones that hit their price objectives. The rest didn't. The rest are just classified as no trades. How about we start off with J.D.? Getting a buzz cut at the open, 81-11, 79-82. Two numbers I can make the equal case. They'll both work. So we take both. We do half at one, half at the other. They're close together. We split the difference. That becomes the average cost. They did the deal. It's a garden variety, base hit to double type of trade. We take it and we move on. You know what happens with base hits? Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame when you pile them up day in, day out. Maybe it doesn't look like much on a small screen, whatever you're watching, but here's the numbers. Your average cost was about 80.5, and it went up to 81.88 on high right in this candle, and guess what? That's more than a bread box. It's more than a base hit. It's a nice trade. How about First Solar? Now, the first level was pretty much a no trade. Some traders may have taken it, but to me, it's classified as a no trade. When you look at this chart, you can see here the low is 82.53, Off 82.26, if you have a question in your mind, whether you think it's a trade or not sure whether it's a trade, if there's a question, it's a no trade. That's taking the path of least resistance and erring on the side of caution. Either way, let's just say you took the trade anyway. Now they come down to the second number and bounce back up to the first, but here's the trick. They didn't really do that. They missed the second number by three pennies and then started going back in the other direction. So this one really technically didn't give us anything. Move on. Some give you base hits. Some give you doubles, triples, and sometimes you even hit a grand salami. Now, this one isn't classified as a grand salami. However, the entry was 1450. The high is 1590 right here. Guess what? When you do math, which is a universal language, on most calculators, that equals just short of 10%. Doesn't matter how much you got, you got all you wanted. The last one we'll look at is Tattooed Chef, whoever they are. It was basically a dud. Slightly below the first number, slightly above the first number, back and forth all day long, didn't really do much, never got to the second number. It was basically a dud. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Interestingly enough, they are in a totally different position than the SPY on close today. Look where they are as it relates to yesterday's breakdown candle. They're already climbing up the breakdown candle. Remember the 173.39? We said that was an important number yesterday. Look what the high of day today is. 173.33, just a spitting distance away. Accident? Coincidence? Probably not. Above that, more bullish than below. The only thing we can really say about the daily chart is below yesterday's low opens the door to the gap. Otherwise, they're climbing up the breakdown candle. Above 173.39, certainly better than below. Other than that, that's the deal. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Yesterday, we talked about some of the candles we saw. This was one of them. And we said sometimes you'll see a retrace Up the tail candle. What we saw today was a retrace up the tail candle. The bogey is yesterday's high. Close above yesterday's high, there's more northern destination prices coming. Can you be short against yesterday's high? You can, but remember, the market's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's not. So on one hand, you have a tail candle to trade against, On the other hand, you're trading against, if short, against the trend. That's not an easy trade. It's the main reason why most traders who try and short the market in a bull market lose. They're familiar with the lemon meringue pie in the face. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? How about a puzzle piece? How about on the table? Down five bucks, almost 2% in the queues. Other markets didn't behave like that. What's going on? The IWM is going higher. The Qs are going lower. There's a divergence. And what we have is the likelihood of what does happen when we do have a divergence. What does happen is it will clear itself up. Either the Qs are going to turn around and everything's going to go up together, or everything else is going to start heading lower and catch up with the Qs. One of those two things is going to happen sooner than later close below this low from the fourth in the queues, and it opens the door to the gap that comes in at 274.65. Stay above that low, and the target becomes all the way up near 288. The queues are teetering. We have another lower high. We talked about this yesterday. We have a reversal candle. On paper, it should go lower. That's what the duck would say. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck... Generally speaking, it's going to be a duck. The duck is pointed south, the XLF. What did we say about the XLF yesterday? Above 2680, and they're bullish. Below yesterday's tail candle could be traded against on the short side, but again, you have an uptrend, and remember what the weekly chart did. This can't be discounted. We have to take this for what it is, a big move in the XLF. They got above an important spot, 2680. They're above all the moving averages now on the weekly chart. That's not an accident, and it's not a coincidence. The market is trying to tell us something. Now, it could fail, but we have to heed the XLF. Below 2680, and they'll likely fall. Staying above 2680, for example, on hourly closes, and then daily closes, and they're likely to move higher. It's just that simple. How about Smash Mouth? Together with the Qs, Smashmouth pointed lower. They're already within a stone's throw, a chip shot away from this gap that comes in at 186.58. They're kind of closing below a former breakout area, right? So that already happened. So the market gapped up above this breakout area, came back down, blew through, closed below that breakout area today, and is headed to fill the gap. Here's an hourly chart because I know what you're thinking. Hey, you just said when the market comes back down to test the former breakout area, eight out of 10 times the majority of the time it's going to work. Yeah, that's what I said. And guess what? From an intraday perspective, you can see the bull bear battle going on around that price. They gave it up into the end of the day. Maybe the SMH is one of those two out of 10 times. Maybe they gap up tomorrow. Maybe it just took a little longer. We don't know yet. But we take the market at face value. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. And yes, this price area today was a bull bear battle for a while, but did give it up into the close. So at present, when you look at the hourly chart, that particular former breakout area isn't working today. I had a request or two to cover Tesla over the last couple of days. So here's a weekly chart of Tesla. I want to start with the weekly chart because I want everybody to realize what the weekly trend is. The weekly trend is higher. How does that trend get broken? Well, mainly the 20-period moving average, but not because it's the 20-period moving average, because it comes in at an important price. So what I'll say about the weekly chart is, You get weekly closes below, and we'll use a round number of 370. The number's actually slightly higher, but I'm going to use 370 and say, you get weekly closes below 370, and look out below. Three and a quarter would come rather quickly. How about the daily chart, the shorter term stuff? What does it look like? Well, it looks like they're struggling to stay above the 50 and 20 period moving average. Now understand this. They've been back and forth and riding these moving averages for a while. So that diminishes the importance of these moving averages. However, from a psychological perspective, traders watch the moving averages. So if they can pop price back above these moving averages, then they're onto something. 421 and a half is your daily number. You need to close daily above 421 and a half. You need to start with hourly closes or else there's no dice. Without that, The pressure is essentially to the downside. If price comes down lower, what's your bogey? We're going to use the low of this breakup candle at 351.30. Call it 350 for argument's sake. Here's why. You have a couple of things going. It starts to become a full stack. So let's say you're spiking down intraday to around 350. First of all, and it's a give or take, Tesla is a big mover, so it moves dollars at a time, not 10, 20, 30 cents at a time. It moves dollars at a time. So just call it 350 for argument's sake. It's a round number. So it's a semi-fat round number. That's item number one. You have a breakup candle low. The low is 351.30. That's item number two. Right around 359, you have another important pivot from way back over here. Again, it's just the market telling us that that price was important. It's in the same general ballpark. Maybe this is important. Maybe this was the breakout area. You can see what happened. The market started going higher. Once it got above this zone, it really took off to the upside. And what happened? It came down to double check or run a test, check in at a former breakout area right around that 330 area. Another breakup candle low, although that one was essentially utilized. Little rope-a-dope that closed below it one day and then right back up. So unless... Tesla is creeping into that zone. If they come into that zone with velocity during the trading day, 350, even down to 335, they should find that garden variety of support. That analysis is for sooner than later. It's good for like, say the next few days. Beyond that, We don't know what the chart did, so that number may change. Those numbers may be different. The market or Tesla may be hovering above that zone. That would change the picture. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast,